What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Welcome back everybody to another episode of What the Funk. And today we're going to be talking about one of my absolute favorite topics and that is birth control. Now I'm very quickly kind of getting into a lot of scenarios where I have individuals coming to me that have either just come off of birth control or they're having issues with their cycle um, or they're on birth control and they want to come off. And to date I've taken... Oh gosh, I've supported probably a dozen or more people. If I had to go back and look at all my client lists, but 90% of my clients end up wanting, not to say not 90%, but I'd have to look at the data. I have taken a lot of people off birth control or help them navigate coming off of birth control and establishing a regular healthy cycle. Um, and why does this matter? Why is this something that you would want to maybe do with some support? Well, it, the reason is because post birth control syndrome is a real thing. Now it's only kind of in recent years become a little bit more recognized. Um, unfortunately, not a lot of medical providers recognize it. It's not necessarily like a diagnosis that you can get, but it's, it's sort of a, what we like to call like a combination of things that you would experience that is specific to coming off of birth control. Um, and I experienced this myself, so I'll tell you a little bit about my own birth control journey. So I was one of those uh, people that was put on birth control at a very young age to help manage my periods. Keeping in mind that the doctors um, were misdiagnosing me and telling me that there was nothing wrong with me, even though I was vomiting every single time I had a period because the pain and the, and the PMS, everything was so severe um, and very painful that I would literally be sick. I would miss two to three days of school. I had really heavy periods um, and they thought I had endometriosis and then they did an ultrasound and then they were like, you actually don't have endometriosis. And I think that it was, it was interesting. Now, granted I was 13. So was I really understanding everything? I think they were also trying to like rule out PCOS as well, um, at that age. Um, but the reality is, is that you can't diagnose endometriosis usually with an ultrasound. Usually the only way to diagnose it is either you can get a clinical diagnosis, which is where you have a medical provider who looks at your history, your, your symptoms, the things that you experience, um, alongside of ruling out things like PCOS, which you can rule out via like labs, ultrasound, things like that. Um, those, you can do that as well as cycle symptoms. Um, and, uh, they were like, well, you don't have endometriosis because you don't have cysts on your ovaries. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't add up now knowing what I know, but, or, you can do so you can get a clinical diagnosis based on your medical history symptoms etc that's actually really difficult to get it took me 15 years to get a clinical diagnosis <laughs> not gonna lie and probably seven or eight different doctors until I found one that was like I you could get the surgery because otherwise the option is to get a surgery where they would have to go in and scope and see if you have adhesions and then the doctor said well, we don't even, she goes, I don't want to put you through that because you have enough data here. You have enough history to say, this is, this is likely what we're dealing with. This is, this is what we're dealing with because the surgery, even if they do the surgery, a lot of times endometrial adhesions can be so microscopic that they won't even get picked up on the surgery. Um, and I'm like, oh, she goes, so 
why would, I'm not going to put your body through that if it's not necessary. Um, unfortunately this doctor still did want me on birth control. Um, and so I was kind of still on and off birth control because I had gone off birth control after about nine years, had a whole host of issues. This was also right before I, um, had got diagnosed with Hashimoto's, um, and low thyroid, which we'll talk about that whole phenomenon here in just a moment. Um, but then I ended up going back on birth control a couple years later to, because my endometriosis started acting up again. Right. So I kind of stopped my periods, kind of stopped and shut down these hormone pathways. Um, and then I started having really bad periods again. So, okay, go back to the doctor. What do they want to do? They want to put you on birth control. And I ended up having a really horrible time. Um, I've tried multiple IUDs. I've even tried a non-hormonal IUD, tried a copper IUD, which copper still can cause some issues with, um, hormone imbalances, but not nearly as heavily as like a hormonal birth control IUD or pill or, implant or shot or anything like that. Um, but because apparently, and then come to find out years later, my cervix is like crooked. <laughs> so I had a lot of issues with IUDs from a physical perspective, even though I tried a couple different IUDs, I ended up having to get them both taken out, um, after two to three months because I was just in so much pain and so much discomfort, which is pretty normal when you get an IUD insertion, they're pretty brutal, um, pretty painful. Um, and they say, okay, the discomfort and pain should go away in like a month. And I was like at month three, month four, still in loads of pain. And so we ended up removing those IUDs both times, which sucks because one of them was like a non-hormonal one of my insurance didn't approve. I spent like $750 to pay for it out of pocket. Um, and it's still, they, they didn't want to do it. So, um, it didn't work and my body didn't like it. So we took it off. And then at that point I was like, okay, fuck this shit. <laughs> I need to figure it because being on birth control didn't work and being off birth control didn't work. And this is sort of when I went down my path of like DIY because functional nutrition coaches were not really a thing when I was going through the height of my issues, right? People like me didn't exist, or if we did, it was still very new. Um, it wasn't that present. Instagram wasn't as big of a platform as it is right now. So, and also people running businesses online, like I do right now, that was not really a thing. So I kind of had to like figure this out on my own. And I talked a lot about that on my um, Instagram, um, you know, sort of at, towards the end of January about like, um, I had to DIY it, uh, but I now help people figure out in four to six months, most of the time, what took me like four plus years to sort out. <laughs> and it's not just Google now driving the decision-making it's, it's multiple certifications and master classes and working with colleagues and being in business cohorts and having other resources besides just me and my brain and Google getting people from point A to point B. Right. And so what I experienced, um, both times was post birth control syndrome and it man, and I didn't know this was a thing. And right until I started doing my studies, until I started learning as a coach, what are the things I need to look out for so I can best support my clients and how do I help them through these pathways so that their bodies are feeling good, that they're feeling energized, that they're not having horrible PMS, horrible mood swings, horrible anxiety, things like that, right? And I'm not a shrink, I'm not a doctor, but I'm fully aware that there is a connection between your lifestyle, right? Sleep, stress management, um, nutrition, um, how you feed your body and how you feel you fuel your body, as well as movement, right? what we're putting our bodies through from a physical perspective, how we're using our workouts and leveraging movement to help us be more energized versus like de-energized, right? Um, there's a connection between all those things. And that's really my role as a functional nutrition and holistic fitness coach. How can we utilize your lifestyle, your food, your movement in order to help leverage all of that to get you feeling better. And post birth control syndrome is something that I really caution people against going off birth control cold turkey, because while it's not necessarily 100% unavoidable, um, I've been able to help people reestablish a healthy cycle within like two months of coming off of birth control 
by utilizing some of the strategies that I'm going to talk about today. Now, this is, I can't necessarily be like, oh, this is everything that you have to do. And then you can come up birth control and it's totally fine. Like, absolutely not. The individuals that I'm supporting this through, we're doing daily logs, monitoring multiple areas of biofeedback, being really particular with their nutrition, with their supplementation, with their stress management, managing their training specifically, really working closely with medical advocacy and working with their healthcare providers to make sure that we're doing everything, getting follow-up appointments, right? So a lot more goes into it than me just telling you to eat this, take this, go up birth control, and you'll be fine, right? There's things that we have to monitor and things we have to look at. But the, if you are in a situation where you're like, I need to go it alone, and this is also really great, the things I'm going to say is if you are currently on birth control, even if you're not wanting to come off of it, the things I'm going to tell you to do today will help mitigate the negative impacts of birth control. So the first things that we need to know is... Um, information about birth control, right? So birth control is, and people are not told this again, I did an episode. I want to say it was like episode two or three, something along that where I did, um, with, um, Chris Alejandro of a one fitness, uh, we did what your doctor doesn't tell you about birth control. And so I'm going to dive into a couple of things with that. So the thing about birth control is it is not bioidentical hormones. So what I mean by bioidentical is the estrogen that your body produces and the estrogen from a pill are different. Um, this It's a synthetic estrogen and synthetic progesterone, okay? And it, depending on what kind of birth control you're taking, it's either like one or the other, or it's a mix of both and how it's delivered and the amounts that it is, but they are synthetic, okay? They, so these are exogenous external synthetic hormones versus endogenous bioidentical created by your body. And the thing that you have to understand is that it's not just about the hormones themselves, but it's the hormone pathways within our body. And I won't go into crazy detail on that, but essentially there's a path that these hormones take from where they're created through the HPA axis, then triggering certain things within your body and the way that your body reacts to your bioidentical, or not your bioidentical, but your endogenous created by your body hormones is not the same as how your body responds to exogenous synthetic hormones. And this is where we have issues. Um, and so this is how birth control actually is considered an endocrine disruptor because it doesn't follow the same pathways as your naturally created, um, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And even though birth control is not a testosterone-based medication, um, it, it, this does affect your testosterone levels, right? Um, as a female and as a male, as a female, as a female, as a male, I don't assume that I, I don't know any men who are on birth control, but, <laughs> um, I have heard of it before. Um, just I, what, do your own research on that if you want, but as people who are taking birth control to manage their cycle in some way, shape or form, those hormones are acting as an endocrine disruptor because they're not following the same pathways as your naturally produced hormones. Not only that, but you're usually creating an excess which causes um, issues with clearing out those excess hormones. And this is where we can have either suppressed or elevated hormones as a result. So some pretty common things when somebody is on birth control um, and or, you know, and keep in mind, if you're getting put on birth control for like acne, irregular periods, painful cramps, things like that, you're already in hormone imbalance. Your body is already out of whack. Adding external hormones on top of that is not going to fix the problem. It might suppress this issue for a little while, but it'll come back to bite you in the ass in three, four, five, six plus years. And you're going to have to undo the things that it sort of essentially suppressed. So what ends up happening 
as, as a result of this is a lot of people that are on hormonal birth control for a long period of time deal with, um, you know, they could ha- potentially have, um, unwanted weight gain. They have issues with their gut health. So like bloating and digestion, um, issues with stool consistency and bowel movements. Um, they might have excess heartburn, things like that. Um, pardon me because of, um, how our body, again, once we start backing up the hepatic system and start backing up the clearance of excess hormones and toxins in our body, it starts to build up and where that manifests a lot of time is in our gut health. (laughs) And so again, this is over time. It might not be right away, but over time you're going to experience this. Um, and then also have increased issues with like mental health, anxiety, and things like that, which a lot of times can be linked to estrogen dominance, which is where we talk about how these um, exogenous hormones can either suppress or elevate different hormones, depending on the pathways that are suppressed. Usually when somebody has been on birth control for like a long time, like six plus years, I typically see that estrogen and testosterone and progesterone are all like suppressed, like to the max. And what ends up happening is estrogen is usually a little bit more elevated. And so people experience what's called estrogen dominance, not because estrogen is through the roof off the charts on like serum labs, but it's suppressed because progesterone is so suppressed because of how our body reacts. Because essentially the whole point of birth control is to keep uh, progesterone from causing us to ovulate, which is the birth control portion of it, right? If you don't ovulate, you can't get pregnant. Um, and so that suppresses your progesterone. And so you end up experiencing estrogen dominance due to suppressed progesterone. Um, if that makes sense, hopefully that tracks. If you have questions about that, um, feel free to shoot me a DM. (laughs) I deal with this a lot. Um, like I said, I have a lot of people who I have helped and are currently helping navigate this getting off birth control path. Right. Um, and this sudden now what happens when you go cold Turkey off of birth control is the same reason why, even though you don't have a true menstrual cycle on the, like, if you're on the pill, for example, when you get your I'm going to say quote unquote, an air quote period during the week of the like placebo pills. The same reason why you get your cramps, mood swings, bloating during that week, even though you're not having a true cycle because there is no ovulation happening, it is the withdrawal, the sudden withdrawal of hormones that causes that onset of that withdrawal cycle or withdrawal bleeding. Now, if you go suddenly off of birth control, um, it's a similar, it's a similar situation, especially when you suddenly withdraw those exogenous hormones paired with the nutrient deficiencies and mineral deficiencies caused by birth control. And yes, it does cause deficiencies. Okay. Especially with like vitamin D deficiencies is very common with birth control. So again, that can really impact your mental health. It can cause things like anxiety, um, cause, um, excess waking, cause cortisol levels to be out of whack, cause issues with your thyroid. Right. And so again, this kind of whole pathway, it's everything's a domino effect guys. Everything is related. You cannot look at everything in a silo. So if I start kind of dipping into like talking about your thyroid or talking about your adrenals, it's like, because it's all related. (laughs) And so this is why, again, people on birth control might be experiencing even things like brain fog like fatigue, right? Um, when you suddenly come off of this and you haven't addressed the nutrient and mineral deficiencies, you can experience this post-birth control syndrome and acne, weight gain, exacerbated gut issues. Um, because we still haven't, just because you've gone off of it doesn't mean that your body has cleared out those excess hormones, right? Hair loss, hair thinning, mood swings, fatigue, PMS, PMDD, right? 
who here has like been diagnosed with PMDD after going off of birth control um, or even after postpartum having PMDD, that's pretty common because those levels haven't been supported to get back in track. And usually, again, a doctor's solution to this, unfortunately, most doctors will say, we'll go back on birth control. We'll regulate everything back out. It's like, no, that's not the case. The other thing too, is that it can lead to like, when we talk about big picture health, um, your cholesterol health, right? If you're having, you're essentially backing up the pipes of your body, clearing out excess hormones and excess toxins and excess bacteria through your hepatic system, which is one part of your body's tox, you know, um, with one part of your body's, um, uh, detoxification system, right? We detox through our digestive system, our, our kidney and our liver. Um, we, when you back that up, um, it's going to continue just because you're not taken off of it, that clog in the drain is essentially still there. Right. Um, and so again, we have all these issues that come up and going off birth control might make you feel worse than when you were on birth control. Um, and this is where we see, this is essentially what is called post birth control syndrome. And it can be any combination, um, one or multiple of these things kind of coming into play because of this, all of a sudden withdrawal of exogenous hormones, without proper addressing of nutrient deficiencies that can lead to post birth control syndrome. So how to address it. Okay. So this is my, this is my like basic cocktail. That's going to benefit 90% of people, obviously disclaimer, any type of supplement routine or anything that you're introducing, always disclose to your medical provider. I tell my clients the same thing that any adjustments that we make to your supplementation routine or to your nutrition and take things like that, always disclose when you go into a doctor's office because we never want to withhold that information. While I'm very much like annoyed with Western medicine as a whole, and that's putting it lightly, um, there is a place for medical support in your life. And we have to make sure that like all sides of the team are working together. So a lot of times it's not so much, oh, never go to your doctor again. It's how do we advocate for ourselves with our medical provider in the best way possible to get what we need from that experience. And I coach my clients in that quite a bit. Um, things to ask for what happens if your doctor denies XYZ, um, and stuff like that. And okay, if they won't give this to us, how do we go and find these things out, out outside of the scope? So anyway, disclaimer, right? I'm not a medical provider, functional nutrition, holistic fitness coach. This is not a diagnosis. This is not meant to treat any type of medical condition. If you feel like you have a medical condition, please discuss with your medical provider. That is my disclaimer for hashtag legal reasons. Okay. So this is what I would recommend. Uh, you want to start this process of coming off of birth control, like two or three months prior to when you want to come off. This might mean staying on birth control maybe a month or two longer than you were initially planning. But I would not, I would plan to like make this appointment to either get your IUD removed or if you're in the case of um, on the pill, go have a appointment with your doctor when you go off the pill and ask for blood work, right? You want to get your estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone at the very least checked <laughs> at the very least, the, at, at least that. Um, and then you want to follow up in eight to 12 weeks and get those same levels just to make sure that estrogen is kind of coming, uh, estrogen and progesterone, that ratio is coming back down. Testosterone is likely coming back up. And again, this is just based on the majority of what I've seen. If you are an individual and getting lab work done and you're not sure what to look for, this is where hiring a coach really helps. Um, I am well-versed in reading labs and interpreting and helping us advocate from a medical perspective. What are the questions that we need to be asking? Um, also lab work, especially serum labs can be really helpful in identifying trends in your health. Is your body doing the things that we need it to do? Are, is your biofeedback lining up with your lab feedback, all that stuff. And what do we then need to turn around and take back to your medical provider and ask for clarification on or support with? Okay. 
Anyway, so two to three months before going off your birth control, make that appointment um, or um, to get your IUD taken out or to get your labs, make sure you book a follow-up appointment to get those same labs drawn in a month or two, two or three months. Okay, nutrient intake. Here's where a lot of people are lacking in general, but here's where people are really lacking when they're trying to get off of birth control. You need a lot of green shit, a lot of vegetables, and probably... 15 to 20 grams more fiber a day than you are currently consuming. And make sure that you're making th that water intake is in line with your fiber intake. But you should be having like anywhere from 300 to 500 grams, like weighed out grams a day of greens and colorful shit, but is also fiber rich on your plate as the day goes on, like at a minimum, because this is going to help your body. One, it's going to support the clearance of excess hormones, excess toxins, excess estrogens while you're currently on the pill. It's going to help um, improve digestion. Fiber intake specifically is also going to help with your cholesterol levels. Um, actually, fiber intake can be more beneficial for cholesterol and inflammation than anything else, right? Which is Again, a lot of people ignore fiber and fiber is actually pretty important. Um, I focus on fiber a lot with specific clients when I see that we're not getting in and it's like, okay, we need more fiber rich foods and vegetables, things like that. So nutrient intake, lots of greens, colorful veggies, fiber intake. Don't, and if you're tracking your food or not tracking your food, if you're tracking your macros, I would not track this into your macros. I would just track it as like zero in my fitness pal or whatever app you're using chronometer, but weigh it out and make sure you're getting at least 300 to 500 grams of some kind of vegetable on your plate a day. What that looks like is like, if you open your palm and you look at your palm, the entire surface area of your palm and your fingers, okay, that sh that's about like 150 to 200 grams of veggies, depending on what you're eating, okay? Get your green shit, get your vegetables, eat your fiber. Seriously, it's not sexy, it's not groundbreaking, but it will help a ton. Now let's talk vitamins and minerals, okay? So there's a specific subset of vitamins that you really need to be focusing on. We talked about vitamin D deficiency earlier on, yes? Vitamin D deficiency is huge, and it's not necessarily so much like, do you need to get more sunshine? Probably, we all could benefit from more sunshine, me included, but People also miss that in order for vitamin D to absorb, you need to also be taking magnesium and zinc. So taking like 250 to 300 milligrams of magnesium a day, along with like your 2,500 IU of vitamin D, which is very easily found on Amazon, as well as like anywhere from like 10 to 20 milligrams of zinc daily is a combo that will help a ton. Magnesium, even especially if you have really high levels of PMS, most people are deficient in magnesium and taking even up to like 400 milligrams of magnesium a day is likely not going to hurt you. Again, double check all of this with your doctor that it's safe for you to introduce these things into your lifestyle, that it's not going to have any adverse effects on your health if you have underlying health conditions, or it's not going to interfere with any prescription medications that you're taking. Um, I will actually link my go-to magnesium, vitamin D, and zinc in the show notes. So like, if you guys are like, okay, Regina George wore army pants and flip-flops, I'm going to wear army pants and flip-flops. Again, disclaimer, double check and run this all by your doctor that it's not going to interfere with anything with your current health or prescriptions. Okay. And you're going to want to start taking those. Now, magnesium, vitamin D and zinc, that combo is just going to be in your arsenal probably for a long, long time, probably for forever, probably for months, but you need to start this process before you go off your birth control. Okay. Now to, once you get your birth control 
out, you're either taking your IUD out or you have um, stopped your pill, what you want to start doing is start tracking your cycle. Now you can do this like with an app called Natural Cycles. You can do it with like a pen and paper. I personally track my cycle in my planner. I have like a kind of like an annual planner thing and I track when I have my cycle and when I'm ovulating via like cervical mucus, right? And again, these are all different things that I have my clients track depending on who they are and what they're doing and what their preferences are um, after we're going off. And in theory, in theory, most of the time you should start ovulating um, within like two to three months of coming off of that birth control. Um, the majority of people will. I have had individuals who don't, and then there are subsequent avenues that we will take to help shift everything. Usually, again, this is because progesterone has really been suppressed. Those are unfortunately things that I can't just like willy-nilly give away on the podcast because they are not appropriate for every single individual. And I don't want people like running with this information and using it out of context. That's really something that you should be working with a coach and or medical provider on in that respect. But to help mitigate the impact of this post-birth control syndrome, increasing your nutrient intake, increasing your fiber intake, and getting magnesium, vitamin D, and zinc balanced will help a ton, especially after you've come off of it, especially with helping with PMS. Now, bonus points, if you can get a B vitamin B complex in the mix, because birth control will cause a deficiency in your vitamin B complex. So if you need to get like a vitamin B complex in the mix, um, usually like, especially like a B6 vitamin, that's going to be huge. So that's kind of my, like my, my not necessarily bulletproof, but like I've seen a lot of success with these basic things in the mix. Again, with my clients, there's some variation and other specificity surrounding this process. Um, but for the majority of people, this is going to help again, legal disclaimer, I'm not a doctor, not a medical professional, any supplements and things like that. Make sure you clear with your doctor. That's not going to interfere with anything with underlying health conditions or other prescriptions and stuff like that. But that is, that is, that is the T friends. So post birth control syndrome, if you're trying to get off birth control, this is a great way to start. Or if you are recently off birth control, even starting this after coming off birth control will help a ton. Okay. That is it for today's podcast. You guys make sure you give this a, uh, subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, leave a rating and review, because this really does help get the podcast out to the people who want to see it. Um, and if you are watching this and you're listening to this and you are on Instagram and we follow each other or you follow me and I haven't followed you back yet. Hi, come drop in my DMS and be like, Hey, I followed you. I actually like talking to the people in my audience. Duh. Um, take a snap, take a, take a screenshot of what you're listening to tag me. I would love to see it and just hear your thoughts. If there are any follow-up questions to this information that you have, again, slide into my DMS. I love talking to people. Um, and I would love to hear from you. And if you have questions or other things that you think would be beneficial to have here on the podcast, um, let me know bonus. Okay. Bonus to following this protocol. I'm kind of going backwards on this. If you are a gym girly, okay, you like to be strong, you like to lift, this is likely going to help you with your muscle density, it's going to help you with your recovery, and it's going to help you with adding lean tissue by increasing your vegetable uh, vegetables, increasing your fiber intake, and getting that nice little cocktail of magnesium, vitamin D, and zinc in the mix. So bonus points there if you are a hashtag gym girly or hashtag fit chick. I feel like gym girly is so much more fun to say, and fit chick is so like, 2018, if you know what I mean. Okay. That's it. I'm done. Thank you guys so much for being here. I will chat with you later. Bye. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the What The Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review and don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support and I will see you next time.